For all of you who listen to Submersion and own an Android device, go to the Google Play Store and download the Podcast Republic app. It's a fantastic app that allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android device. I personally use the app and I love it. I can search for the podcast I want to listen to, select it as a favorite, and have it just a click away. Make sure to select Submersion as a favorite so you don't miss any of our new episodes. Again, the app is the Podcast Republic app, available on Android devices. Episode 82! Woo! Woo! There we go. Someone else has come in because not a normal crew here, although not an infrequent crew. No, we We've got done the this one before, submersible right? crew, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's our yeah. submersible crew. Yeah, this is Not be- a submersible pod, so don't worry about that. This is the first movie in the Jamie Movie Month, where I've chosen all of these movies... You know they're going to be terrible, and everyone can enjoy them. And so this is the first of all those. And boy, howdy, did I did I pick a good one for us to start with? And you, you really outdid yourself. Yes, it was it was very fun to pick this one, and very fun to watch this one. And as a result of me picking it, there's no way this episode could not have on who? Patrick. Right? That's me? Oh, wait. Cheerio. Yeah, you're supposed to do your catchphrase. Yeah, there we go. Oh, pip, pip. Cheerios. Yes. Okay. Yes. There we go. Yeah. yeah. We got to do your catchphrase. Just like Brom, <laughs> do your catchphrase. What's up? What's up? What's up? Yeah, I always love it. I love it. <laughs> okay. Pip, pip, cheerio. Yes. I'm on because I can't help myself. I had to watch this movie and it's 1.30 in the morning in, in the UK, which is, and I'm going to ruin my day tomorrow. Actually, as a matter of fact, I'm ruining, ruining my week right now. So. Perfect. This is great. <laughs> Is there anything else? Uh, what's been up with you, Brom? It feels like it's been forever since I talked to you. <clears throat> yeah, it has been a while. Uh, just been working, and um, man, yeah, not not a whole lot been going on. Had our high school alumni football game this past weekend. Oh wow! Wow. Yeah, our what, our what, high school. What position do you play? Uh, quarterback. Really? Wow! Really? Wow. Yeah, but. Uh, we're joking here, guys. I wasn't. I wasn't a player. I just went back to watch my high school homecoming game. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, uh, but uh, if I were, I probably, I probably could have. I probably could have went out there and played wide receiver. I was going to say wide receiver. Okay. Your voice sounds like that of a wide receiver. Oh, thank you. Uh, I've never what, seen uh, you. What what vocal characteristics were you listening for? That you sound. Uh, you got. Well, so, so go ahead. I was going to say, he sounds wiry. <laughs> oh. I was going to say wiry. I was going to say gritty, too. Mm. You're real gritty. Wow. you got a gritty voice. Yeah, oh, yeah scrappy. You. you got a scrappy voice. Possibly too. a gym rat. Do you go to the gym? I do not. Okay. You got a six-pack, though. Uh, I used to. I'm working on it. We're going to bring that ba- puppy back. Let's do it. New Year's resolutions, all of us. Six-packs. <laughs> all right. It's been, my, it's been my New Year's resolution in the last four years. So far, <laughs> hasn't worked. But one of these days, it'll work out. We'll, we'll vlog it on our... Uh, uh, submersion website and you can check in and see weekly results of everybody oh we'll pot it we'll vlog it we'll blog it on badmovietwins.com <clears throat> that's badmovietwins.com i think yep. kyle's and gonna finish in last place in that one <laughs> well yeah i mean zing. I'm, I'm not going to say anything it's a little zang right there like <laughs> kyle who couldn't show up today because he's got a, a small baby. child that he takes yeah someone someone he takes care of and loves with all his heart and it's very nice. He started but a podcast. It also means, yeah, and, he started and a podcast and abandoned it for his baby. For his okay. For his child. It's all right. We'll uh, fill in the gaps here. Yeah. So, anyways, um, again, I, so without him around, we don't have 
you know, markers to do this and that. He's going to insert all these sounds for us, and it's going to be awesome. What began as an innocent conversation among friends would soon spiral out of control and later be referred to by future generations as the eighth wonder of the modern world. Mac East Studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains, Alex the Mustard Man, the artist formerly known as Brom, Jamie the Ointment, Kyle El Capitan, and Zach the Backbone present Submersion. Patrick, what movie what movie did we watch this week? Oh, it's a little movie called Time Under Fire, um, starring the wonderful Jeff Fahey from ah. that everyone knows from the Lawnmower Man. <clears throat> he is, in fact, the Lawnmower Man. He is the titular Lawnmower Man. Yes. And it also stars Brian Cranston. And I oh, knew yeah. this, I knew going into this that one of the funny facts about this film is that they spelled his name wrong in the credits <laughs> and stuff. So they spelled his name B-R-I-A-N. I even double checked. He never spelled his name like that. He was His, his name is spelled B-R-Y-A-N. But everywhere it, he, they spelled his name wrong, which is great. Um, he actually, Brian Cranston was uh, in a lot of these types of movies for a lot of the 90s. He was kind of this actor who had been in Seinfeld and bit parts in a lot of television shows. Oh, yeah. But one of his one of his gigs that he would do would be a lot of these kind of cheap straight-to-video or TV movie movies. So I've seen actually a number of films uh, with him in it, uh, you know, one starring like uh, Dudikov and that kind of stuff. Like he, he was in a Dudikov film and he's always kind of the best thing in it. You can tell that he's going to be, you know, pretty good as an actor, whereas everyone else is kind of like fumbling all over the place. Um, but it is funny to see him in a lot of those those movies. He's just he's just kind of a scrappy working actor. He's a gym rat, really, of an actor. <laughs> yeah. Um, really got after it, and so yeah, this is he. He's probably the biggest name. Oh, actually, not even probably, definitely the biggest name uh, in this well, movie. Jeff and it Fahey. is amusing to see him. Sure. But At the time, Jeff Fahey was certainly on the downswing. Of his he was career. he was cashing those lawnmower man royalty checks and making mm-hmm. this movie. But I was going to say that Brian Cranston, um, at the time. We, I've watched all of Murder, She Wrote. <clears throat> it's just the thing I did. I've watched every single episode. And, it's an old man, yeah. And Brian Cranston uh, is in three separate episodes throughout the years. So he was in wow. in one in 1986, one in 1990, and one in 1996. As three different characters. Wow. I was going to say, did he play different characters? That's funny. Yeah, all different characters. And he was the murderer, I think, two or three, uh, two, either two, at least two times, maybe the third time as well. He, he, You're just sitting there staring at him being like, he seems like he's going to be the murderer. And then he was all, every <laughs> single time. And uh, he just has that kind of like character of being like, he seems very nice, but then it turns out he's sinister and mean. Anyways, the, um, uh, yeah, that's what I remember just, I, when I was watching the episode, I was like, oh my God, Brian Cranston's in this one. And then like, you know, a year later, I'm like, Brian Cranston's in another one. It happens a lot. The guy who played, um, uh, what's his face, the Southern guy from Prison Break was in like five episodes and was the murderer every time as well. So right. it's those kind of character actors. And he was like a character actor at the time. So yeah. Yeah, so if the the listeners can't tell, because I mean, me and me and Patrick are twins, and we sound very similar, but he's actually forty years older than me. <laughs> yeah, so he's just in my television tests, right? He's yeah. actually a sixty-eight year old old woman. Yeah, um, I mean, that, I've yeah, I've also seen all of Midsummer Murder. I watch a lot of murder mystery shows. So yeah, because you're like, when, when are you going to watch Matlock? Because uh, the true stereotype. Uh, it depends. I mean, if it was free on Netflix, I probably would have watched it by now. <laughs> yes. So. 
All right, so we are indeed watching Time Under Fire. Anything to say about Time Under Fire before we launch into this recap? Ashok Amritraj joint. Very nice. Yeah, that's true. It's one of our faves, Ashok Amritraj, on um, badmovietwins.com. That's badmovietwins.com. He actually is the producer on a number of our Hall of Fame films because over the years, he releases a shitload of movies straight to video and stuff, but also occasionally releases terrible movies to theaters. (laughs) So they qualify. (laughs) This is not one that made it to theaters, if you could not tell. All right. So the year is 1990. We enter on a submarine. Or, or do we do we enter on the submarine or was it already going into kind of like the cops talking to that guy? It was a submarine, no, right? It was, it was it right was, into the submarine. Yep. Yeah, right into the submarine. And he's like down They're, bubble, jamming, there's jamming yeah. tunes. He's like 15, 15 degrees down bubble. I'm the captain. Look at my, you know, icy blue eyes. I'm Jeff Fahey. And everyone's like, oh, and we're all Fahey heads and we're loving it. And he's like, great. We're cruising along, and everyone's having a pretty grand time. And they're like, where are we? And I was like, Bermuda Triangle. No, no worries here. Don't even worry about it. What date was it? I uh, was it a date? Oh, ex- exact date, January tenth, nineteen ninety. Which we'll come back later because that is uh, a massive mistake considering what they explain about the character later. But go on. January. Oh, that's right. Because because he's because he couldn't have been in like the particular war or something like that. Well, they specifically say he got a he got like a silver star in nineteen ninety two, which was after right, yeah. he was already in an insane asylum. So. That doesn't really make mm-hmm. much sense, but go on. Yeah. <clears throat> so very, spoiler. very close to the day I was born. Oh wow! Wow, you're wait. Were you born in the nineties? Just in the nineties, yeah. Oh, disgusting! Nineties, uh, baby. Absolutely disgusting. disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> so with this uh, uh, first scene on the sub, you said they were in uh, the Bermuda Triangle, and it's it's funny that it gets like a, his XO or whatever checks in, says everything's great. Captain says, all right, go get some great. rest. And then everything's yeah. not so great. Uh, it Everything immediately. immediately descends into chaos. Yes. Yeah. And he runs out and he's like, what's even going on? And they've, they've like lost power. And we see the submarine go through a little time portal. And there's no, there's never an explanation for why this is happening. Just the Bermuda Triangle. <clears throat> even later when they're trying to recreate it, there's no explanation for how or when they're going to go through a portal. But we see the same graphic all the time. The submarine going through a little portal. Yes. It goes out. They've lost power. They're kind of floating around, and they have to try to restore power. They get it up and running. They start moving again. But what's on the FN sonar? And a giant submarine. Yeah, an enormous a huge, one. Yeah, enormous giant submarine. And then we kind of cut away from that portion of it. <clears throat> yeah, the, uh, because the they, opening credits yeah. roll, and then we we find ourselves in an interrogation room. Oh. And we got a guy there, and almost immediately, I'm like, "Oh, this is this is the future. Well, this is taking place at the end of the movie." Are we gonna? Are we just gonna gloss over the fact that they have the credits go on for literally like a day, five thousand hours, and they keep <laughs> and on showing they keep on showing the exact same news articles over and over again? Yeah, it's Deacon's found incompetent. Blah 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 blah. And this all all of this also just flies in the face of later on when they explain like, "Oh, didn't you? What do you think happened to me?" And the wife's like, "Oh, I don't know. They never told me anything." I'm like. His trial was in all the newspapers. We saw all the newspapers. Like, how didn't you think, like, why wouldn't you be like, excuse me, where's my husband? Like, did, And they're like, oh, he died? Like, I don't understand why he thought that she thought he would be dead because she would have seen in the newspapers him being found incompetent and being sent to the same asylum. 
You're bringing too much logic to this <laughs> fucking area. Okay, we're watching <laughs> I'm Under Fire. We, we know it's all about time and craziness. So immediately we're in this interrogation room. There's a guy there, and they're talking to him. And I'm like, this is the end of the movie. This person's from the future. And, we, you know, I basically don't even have to think about what this person's saying. Because they, they basically go around in circles being like, and what did you know about, like, you know, what's his name? Brad, what's his name? Deacons. What do you know about Deacons? What do you know about Deacons? Like, blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like, I don't know. I just met him. And I'm from the year 2070 and blah, blah, blah. And he's saying all that shit. 2077. Yes. And so then this is all like cut in between seeing more of what happened when they went through the portal. So they slowly piece together what happened after they went through the portal where they like keep on – they're seeing the submarine. They're like attacked and they get hit by some torpedoes and everyone's basically dead. Mm. Other than him. By the way, a lot and, of uh, Crimson Tide CGI again, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yes. yeah. A huge amount. Every Pretty much everything underwater is uh, from Crimson Tide. That is some you can, popular you footage. I'm oh, sorry. I just yeah, I was saying, that's some pretty popular footage. It shows up in a lot of the movies we've watched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only note I had about the, the actual like submarine set at this point is that they have so much headroom. They're clearly in like a factory that they retrofitted yeah. into the submarine, which is pretty sad. Well, it's, it's much, it is much funnier when they're on the futuristic submarine because it's supposed true. to be huge. So they can just get away with it being like this big room. They're like, what do you mean? It's this big submarine. It's like, okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, and so the main storyline that's kind of happening with this is that there's a paranormal investigation unit in the government who's finally got op- authorization to investigate what happened to deacons and so they've been told okay you can go down and you can investigate the bermuda triangle and figure out what happened to this whole submarine and they're like well we got to go talk to deacons and so they're like fine go to this insane asylum he's basically he's like a government secret he's may as well be like the x-files he's put away in this asylum and he can't get out he can never leave he's always just like drugged up and they just leave him there for years and years. And so they go in there and they talk to him a little bit. And he basically is saying, like, I don't know anything and blah, blah, blah. And so they come to the conclusion, we need, we need him. We actually need him to help us. So we, we need to get him out. And they're like, what are you talking about? This is like a top secret government asylum. You're not getting this, you know, not, you're not getting lawnmower man over here out of here. And he's like, well, let me go talk to my hotshot friend. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this guy out. So he goes and talks to Brian Cranston, who seems to be a senator or something. Something like that. Yes, I believe he is. He is a senator or something. And basically it's like they're like home. They're from like the same hometown or they came up in the government together. And one is obviously veered off to become more of like a government investigator. And the other one is, is climbing up the, the ladder and, and seems to have aspirations for the presidency and stuff. And so he talks to him and he's like, you know, I need this. We need to get him out of there and we, we know whatever. And so he's like, okay, fine. Just keep it on the down low, but I'll, I'll take care of it. And so with the help of Brian Cranston, they set up a, a situation in which they free or, and get Fahey out of um, the asylum. So they have a couple of like, what are they, what, what would they call them? Like Navy SEALs. Yeah. Like Navy SEALs. SEAL team starring Angel from Buffy. What's right. his name? Yeah. So it's SEAL team six, blah, 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 whatever. Bust in there. <laughs> there was a really funny part here of like they clearly didn't know how to move the camera for people to run so everyone never whenever anyone was running they looked like they were like bouncing and like run, like almost like running as slow as they could possibly go <laughs> yeah and so they're like they're like running after them blah, blah 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 and the seal team is like karate chopping people on necks all day long like no big deal and they get Fahey out of there Fahey also kind of shows his stuff here like he He's not just like a nobody. He's basically also karate chopping necks. And this Navy SEALs are like, oh, man, look at this guy. Look at this London man over here. Woo. 
Yeah. And so they get out of there and they don't, they don't want to take any guff by from these guys that he's like, like, I don't want to, I don't have to follow this lawnmower man around. Like I'm my own man and this is bullshit, but whatever. But like the, the, um, head of the research organization, I guess his name was Lance. Lance oh, yeah. I was going to mention so that that guy, did you recognize him by the way? Uh, he was from heroes. Yeah. He's, he's the, the, he's the, the speckled man from, from heroes. And then also where they take him at this point is the same. Do you notice it's the same set as biodome? It's biodome. Yeah. yeah it's it is literally set. the biodome set, it, which is uh, it, some water cleaning plant outside of Los Angeles. Yeah, and it's it's used in all kinds of stuff. It, I, I remember seeing it in Alias. It was a stand-in for a German like uh, computer chip company. Hmm. And what was the other one? There was another one where it was there. And it's always funny when you see it because then it gets you going down the road of you can go on IMDb and click on the location. Yeah, and it'll tell you all the movies that it's been in. There's like a shitload of them. Yes, it's great. It's so funny to see it. The biodome, though. But anyways, it's just killer. Go on. And so, anyways, they're kind of waiting for this expedition to start. He, the The main researcher guy gives. Um, Fahey, the c- c- control. He's going to be the captain, and so like, okay, he he's kind of got control. And there's the there, the woman who's kind of the assistant feels really bad for him. He's like, she's like, oh, I I, I thought you you seem you were married, weren't you? And he's like, yeah. I was like, well, where's your wife? Does does she know you're alive? And he's like, no, I've been in this asylum forever. They probably just told her I was dead. And she's like, oh, okay. So she like kind of, you know, Google's or I guess not Google's at this point, probably Ash Jeeves, um, where this uh, this lady is, finds her and is like, by the way, here's like the address if you want. And so they're having like, this is where like the seals are kind of like harumphing and grumbling about having to follow this guy around while, while they wait for the mission to start. And he goes and like talks to his wife and the wife is like, oh man, honey, like, I can't believe, I can't believe you're still alive. I really... I really can't believe it. And, uh, they didn't tell me anything about this. And why don't we just bone right now? And so they, and do. they do. Yeah. It was a like history of violence. They, it was like 69ing all over the place. It was crazy. Oh yeah. Straight up full, full porno. Actually, I shouldn't even make jokes about this because we actually do watch terrible movies that are mostly just porno. <laughs> yeah, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the bad movies we do are actually porno. So people are going to think this is a porno. Yeah. It's not actually, porno. there's just like one, one like musical note or whatever on like a harp and then they're done. Like it's like, yeah. and then they ahead. wake up the next morning yeah. and, Although, and he's like getting out of bed. I was convinced that the, the, they had a body double for the actors and they may have for some of it but she definitely is like topless at one point and i was like i was actually pretty stunned like it's not that surprising when they get i don't know what you describe not really necessarily young actresses but actresses who aren't in very many movies to do something like this which is like and now you have your sex scene with, with jeff fahey and it's like uh i would just assume you'd get a body double like most of the time oh this time, like, so no. this was edited for the youtube ver- version that we watched i was actually gonna say i don't i did not get to see this where did you, you watch it on amazon amazon premier oh uh, well that makes a lot UK of sense because it was such an awkward cut again there was literally like it in was our version there was, like it was pretty long <laughs> i have to say like you said it was like one second like a little harp thing and then and then one note i was like yeah. no yeah. i remember it being pretty long actually you know what guys let's uh let's stop this podcast i got a couple i got a, a little bit of uh, research to do i gotta find my glasses i'm not sure where they are but i gotta find them i can assure you that they did not actually 69 I, that was just a joke about history of violence go on <laughs> <laughs> right that wasn't history of violence i don't even remember i need to watch history of, of violence playing she <laughs> well, dressed up as a podcast. cheerleader <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anyways the expedition starts we got deacons we got mccarty we got marjorie who's the assistant we got um schmidt colon hawks which are the military people and they're they're they keep on grumbling kind of doing a bunch of stuff but anyways 
they go off into it is really funny with the cars and stuff like that where they like climb into these uh random almost like sedans and just like drive over to like we're going to the submarine and they get into like these just like a regular car like i'd drive up to you to pick you up (laughs) and uh they get into the submarine and they're kind of just like we're definitely going to be able to find this with your help but they keep on doing the exact same course that they've been doing that they did before and nothing's happening and so they're getting a little frustrated they're like I don't understand. Like, why isn't this working? And then, how do they figure it out, Patrick? Uh, I don't remember. They don't really figure it yeah. out. They just one of the times that they go through it, they go through the portal. They, just have I, to go through I, the portal. they okay. do not explain it. You tricked me. But yes, that is what exactly yeah. happened. That is what I recalled <laughs> in my brain. That I, uh, yeah. I'm trying to racking my brain, trying to remember what happened in this film. Yep. Yep. And so they are finally able to enter the portal, they cross over, and then they are immediately attacked by a giant submarine. Giant submarine again. And they are uh, taken on board. Mm-hmm. Um, what are they? Are they tractor beamed in or something? Or are they, they're boarded and just taken off? Yeah, I think that's what right, it is. Right or something? Yeah. Like? yeah. And yeah. so they end up on there. We got the leader of the force, great, Coda. Great actor. Which was great actor. Patrick's being, again, he, no one's 69 and Koda was not a good actor. <laughs> no, he was not. Yeah. Uh, he, was, he was doing some kind of weird thing with his voice, almost like he, I guess he was pretending to be like an alien. Is that right? He's just talking like robot? this. I'm going to talk like this like I'm a big general. That's basically what he's yeah. saying. It was, it was so weird. Good. It, it, was like <laughs> an, it was like a 12-year-old was acting. And they're like, act like a general. He's like, I'm a general. I do it like this. I was I was gonna make wow, a joke. That was that, also pretty good. Yeah, I was gonna say he <laughs> I, he actually is my acting coach, so uh, it, that um, is actually how I act when I when I go on stage in the UK. That's why I moved here was to to you know really get the theater experience from this guy Coda. Yeah. So, anyways, they get they all get up into lockout lockup, and Deacons is taken away to kind of talk to Coda. He's he's because something's going on. They they, they keep on thinking he's a certain person. They keep on talking saying like uh, Deacons, Deacons, Deacons. And assuming that he's like this big important person, uh, there's also another random person, the guy that we keep on seeing in the interrogation. He just like shows up in lockup as well. He's just like thrown into the jail with all oh, of them, yeah, yeah. right? Yes. He. he this yeah. is the point where he they find him like lurking on board or something. He was like hidden on board, and he like they just kind of like yeah. get him. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And so anyways, they, they're really interested in Deacons for some reason. Spitz, this guy Spitz, who's like been creeping around, explains they're in 2077. And Deacons is like a very important person. Like at least someone who looks very similar to Deacons is a very important <laughs> yeah, person. Yeah, we'll get to that. The very similar. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. And then it's ruled by a dictatorship led by his the, the, the guy's friend who was the senator, Charles Braddock, which – Already begs like a crazy amount of questions because this would be 80 years later. Yes. And oh, oh, we'll see how that is explained. Yes. And it's good. I was literally, I was sitting there being like, they, have they screwed up the timeline again? Are they going to try to make it pretend like Brian Cranston is not 130 years old, (laughs) like at this point, but no, they go for it. So then there's, there's a really, how do you even delicately talk about the next portion of it? There's a whole section here where one of the guards sexually assaults Marjorie. And yeah. they keep on going back. They keep they have a very long sequence of them kind of going back and forth and being like, don't you do that. And the guy being like, oh, I'm going to do it. And then everyone being like, you better stop him from doing that. <laughs> and then the guy, Dakota being like, he's not going to do that. And the guy being like, oh, oh, I am. And then he does. And you're like, wait, what? Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, that's terrible. I, I, was refle- I was reflecting on this. It's, I, I don't know. Is it just smaller films or is it 
was it just like this like weird period of the 90s but it's like nowadays i feel like they would have pulled the punch they would have been like yeah. uh he'll get her in the room but they'll stop him right before he like actually like rapes her and then right but it's like pretty clear that he just actually rapes her and you're just like Whoa, yes he does what movie am i watching wait a minute is this yeah, like a hard drama <laughs> it's crazy yeah yeah and they don't even really they don't really acknowledge it later they never acknowledge at it. all no she never acknowledges it they never really the only discuss thing it. it does i i don't know what, it, what what do you think the purpose of it is do you think the purpose is to make coda out to be a little bit of a better character because he clearly does not want this to happen he's like no. my underling will not do this no i think it's and then he um, even kills he kills the guy right doesn't he kill the guy oh no no never no. mind <laughs> Faye, he kills which is why it didn't make sense to me because she very clearly got raped and it's like oh yep. they're setting this guy up to maybe uh do a mutiny or something later and become like the true villain of the show no Faye right. just walks over and just snaps the guy's neck immediately yeah i guess it's supposed it to be it's supposed to be showing how Faye. Fahey, our hero, his kind of um, how he operates and his moral compass and what he what he's willing to do to like protect those around him and under his like leadership and stuff. I, like I that. think that's part I think of it. it. I guess it was, I, I think, think it's supposed to boost his character. I think it's supposed to also as the and this is just like again. I think it was just uh, uh, ind- indicative of the time and also possibly of the fact that they it's just written by a dude. Um, probably yeah. it's i think it was literally just supposed to draw the fahey and the woman together like draw a line between them oh yeah to, yeah it's to good, draw on yeah. later after spoilies his wife dies. spoiler alert yeah right um you're supposed right, to yeah, like that, know that, that connection that more intimate connection between them what? yeah i guess that's i guess that's true because you also have it where marjorie clearly she has a line between she she likes him and respects him. Yes. But there's a line drawn where she she helps him find his wife. Yeah. Because yeah. clearly she's like feeling bad for her. and so like this is continued to draw them together for that ultimate um final thing. Yeah, the payoff at the end. But it's like a demented yeah. way to do it. You could pull the punch and still get oh, yeah. get exactly the you same. You could easily thing. yeah, I was I was shocked they didn't pull that punch. Yeah. Because they honestly they should have. Yeah. It was upsetting. That's crazy to have I didn't like it. Yeah. Anyways, go on. So anyways, they're being escorted toward to like the main facility of this rebellion, and we'll get to like the geography of this world uh, later because it's nuts. Um, but Spitz helps them kind of break free, so a few of them get away. Spitz, Deacons, Marjorie, and they say Hawks. Oh yeah, one of the one of the um, yeah Seals. one of the army people. Yeah, yeah. And so they kind of travel uh, elsewhere. So a bunch of them are still stuck in prison. With our emperor, emperor Palpatine, <laughs> yeah. Braddock, Braddock is basically an, is basically Emperor Palpatine. I mean, he, he is Emperor Palpatine. Palpatine. Oh, yeah. He's got Emperor Palpatine, and I got to say, of all the things in with this, the first of all, Cranston, yeah, so, Cranston acting in a perfectly reasonable way, good Southern accent, whatever. The makeup on him was absurd in almost like a good way. <laughs> like the rest of the movie is so bad, and then you watch, you look at his makeup, and you're just like. It's not the worst, and it's really extensive, like really, really extensive. Yeah, and it's the only thing in the movie where you're looking at it being like, Jesus, that must have been hard. And he must have sat in getting makeup what, like hours and hours a day for time under fire. Oh my god! <laughs> like everyone else is just showing up, and you see Fahey later when we meet his like a uh, grandson or whatever. <laughs> yeah, he must have been. They must have been like he's like yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, they're all stuck with Emperor Palpatine and Coda over there, in, like in prison. 
the the rest of them are off to the to the rebel base. Now, Emperor Palpatine lives in his little dominion, which is like a gas plant, yes. seemingly a factory of some sort. Literally, like a mile away is the rebel camp. This yeah. is the, the entire world is a dystopia, and Emperor Palpatine lives there and then a mile away the rebels are over here yeah so this and the is, only reason apparently the explanation is the only reason that emperor palpatine does not destroy them is because they claim that the factory that they're living in is functioning so he doesn't want to destroy the gas over there it's like this is me what the fuck are you talking about he owns the world <laughs> and he's not gonna he's just not gonna invade your stupid little factory over there yeah it's nuts yeah so this is also i don't know did they explain the history of the world or have we not got to that part yet uh, this is where they, they explained kinda, it. They, yeah, yeah. So basically, so. he had become uh, vice president, and then soon after he became vice president, the president dies under like mysterious circumstances. Ooh! And he becomes president, and it's kind of indicated that he killed the president and became president. And then he gets into this whole weird like it's like even his speeches are like very strange. He has like weird like snafu with the Middle East, and then Iraq. Classic. Was it Iraq? That I actually can't recall. Some country that definitely does not have nuclear weapons right. blasts us with, like, 20 nuclear weapons. And oh, it was Iraq, because yeah. I remember them saying, and I, then Iraq launched their nuclear weapons and destroyed, like, Washington, D.C. or something. And I was like, wait, what? Like, yeah. So, uh, yeah, they're not, not going to reach Washington, yeah, D.C. So with a nuclear in this, weapon from Iraq. In this alternate universe, Iraq not only had a nuclear weapon, but a a very, very effective intercontinental <laughs> ballistic missile to deliver this payload to multiple U.S. cities that get past yeah. all of our defenses. Anyways, w- that triggers all of our, like, defenses and destroys the world. You know what? Do you know what? I'm, I bet the implication... Do you think the implication is perhaps that Braddock did it himself? That it wasn't ever Iraq? Plausible. I mean, plausible. Given given everything we, like, learn later on about him, about how he bas- yeah. basically is just trying to, like, perfect cloning and, like, create create an army for himself and stuff like that all the way back to like in the 90s he was doing this so yeah Yeah. it would be funny if that was the case where it was like a false flag or whatever but like the rebels are still like hey we're not sure so we better teach the history how it kind of just just buying into braddock's Uh, propaganda (laughs) iraq definitely launched missiles and hit san francisco it's like what are you sure about that doesn't make any sense they couldn't possibly do anyways the um the cfc's this is the point where they also explain like the the world's really hot because of cfc's which i was sitting there being like are they going for a global warming thing like here this is gonna be like way ahead of its time but they never really ever address the fact that the world was really, really warm instead of cold. Like, you'd think after, like, I guess after a nuclear winter, it would have cleared up maybe by then. But still, it, it wouldn't have been warm. Like, we're not producing any CO2. Like, it would actually, I think, be much more, like, much better. Whatever. Anyways, this is like the history of the world. Anyways. Yeah. So anyways, they also meet, at this point... Uh, Deacon's grandson. Now, mm. Wikipedia claims it's his son. It's his grandson. It's his grandson. They, they make that actually fairly clear. And the guy, okay, obviously played by Fahey as well, but looks just like him, except basically like Snake Plissken. He's got like a terrible long wig on and yeah. an eye patch and some earrings. <laughs> You're like, he has a sweet earrings. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's got some sweet earrings. And basically, it's like, okay, what's the plan? And they're like, you got to. You got a jet, dudes. Like, de- like the fact is that Braddock is going to realize that you are from the past, and if he kills you, I won't ever exist. Timeline will be changed, and he'll, all his problems will go away because I'm like the man, and everyone like loves me, whatever. And uh, they're like, but also you need to bring back like a chip because they have an entire army of cyborgs, 
and they make clear half man, half robot. And I was like, thank God they got the definition right. I was waiting for them to talk about cyborgs as being robots. And I beg, come on. Everyone knows a cyborg is half man, half robot. And everyone knows a half cyborg is one fourth uh, man and <laughs> three fourths uh, robot. So come on. Right? Yes. No, no, sorry. Three fourths man, <laughs> one fourth <God>. robot. <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry, I got that wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got it right. We, we, we got it. We got there. It's fine. Yeah. So anyways, they, they need to recover the chip that made that all possible because then you can go back in time. I'm not even sure actually why they necessarily want the chip in the first place. I guess to show them how not to do it. I don't know. Yeah. It seems it's, a little bit the, crazy that you even take it back in It's time, to but. set up the betrayal, basically. That's all it is. Maybe, and they're also gonna they're also gonna set a bomb in Emperor Palpatine. Maybe, maybe they're like trying to help later. the rebels in the future in the alternate timeline. Like they're they're taking it back. They're stealing it basically from Braddock, and they're just taking it back to where Braddock cannot get it, which is in, in the past. And then they're gonna but destroy then, it there. But then the the SEAL team doesn't. Anyways, I don't know. It seems like a terrible idea because then all it means is that the chip exists earlier to make more cyborgs. <laughs> That's true. Um, but anyways, which is exactly what happens. Spoiler alert. Terminator 2. Uh, so anyways. Style. We're gone. Yeah. So they infiltrate the base. They go in. They're recovering the chips. There's a great sequence where they kind of like bust into this room and uh, are like, where's the chip? And there's like a scientist being like, hey, hold on. And he like pressed a little button to like wake up a cyborg. And all of a sudden, a bunch of like a naked dude's like running around, <laughs> yeah. like punching him like a cyborg. <laughs> and then they just like shoot him like a regular whatever. And he just like falls over. I'm like, oh, so he's just like, I guess it's just the, the idea that you make more of them, but they also have to be like half human. So I don't know. It seems crazy. But anyways, apparently these things can be made like no big deal really quickly, as we'll see you later. So anyways, they, they get the chip. They plant a bomb. Emperor Palpatine. This is a real weird part, too, because they set this bomb to go off. It goes off. Braddock's fine. Like he just like he basically sitting there be like eh shit, but like nothing actually happened when they when they blew up the blew up his layer. He like set a bomb next to his chair. It blows up and then he's okay. Oh, he had a he had a shimmery shield set up. Great. Yeah. Well, I didn't even see any of that. So, anyways, they then as they're trying to escape, Deacons the the young the younger Deacons the older Deacons the younger Deacons. Yeah. I'm getting confused myself. Anyways, the grandson, he gets caught. They don't, they, they, they are leaving. They're going to head to the submarine, but they get, uh, he gets caught and he's like lamenting the loss of his like grandson. He's like, I can't believe we lost him. And it's like, okay, well, we got to leave him behind. It's more important that you survive so that he can live in the future. Question. We are going to change the time. We're taking the, we're taking the chip. So we're definitely changing it. You know, Braddock is a bad guy. So we're changing the timeline anyways. So things will be different. So don't worry about him. Question, question, Jimmy. Yeah. yeah. Were you sad that you didn't get the scene where uh, future Deacons is yelling at his at his grandfather, always remember me. Like, always remember this weird dystopian future version of your grandson that will never exist forever and ever. Yes, I do. Uh, I, I, want, I wanted him to try to slide under, like, the garage <laughs> and get trapped halfway underneath. Oh, no. Like, Awful. Remember me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, for people who don't know, that's a joke about Lost in Space, yeah. the uh, the movie based on the TV show, where there's a future version of the guy's son who is like a he's like friends with a spider monster, and <laughs> he like helps them stop this spider monster, but as a result, he's gonna die, 
and he yells as he's like being like crushed in this like time warp remember me <laughs> and i'm just like you don't even exist anymore man like <laughs> yeah you'll, you'll never his exist son, and also his son never his son they, they prevented his son from becoming friends with the spider monster so he doesn't have to worry he's never exists that that version of his son never existed yeah i wasn't gonna it's explain the joke i was gonna let the people who the big lost in space fans really like get <laughs> right, it right yeah the lost in, the lost in space heads out yeah. there who d- definitely understood what that joke was <laughs> but i'm sure the the five yeah. minute explanation of it was, was very worthwhile to, to everyone else anyways <laughs> Kyle can edit it out if he wants to. Yes. I don't mind. Uh, at this point, uh, we then go on a wild ride through the streets. and uh, Oh, yeah. And this was a point in which I was very proud of myself because I was watching this. Um, and I was thinking to myself, these explosions are, are very large for, and impressive for a movie of this stature. And then eventually got to the point where I said, all right, so these explosions were not made for this movie. There, there is 0% chance of this movie starring Jeff Fahey has this many quality explosions so i started like looking closer and closer being like okay i see how they did it they had a different movie where they were driving through the streets and they just put the same like front to the car whenever they had to go inside the car and they never showed them going in or out and then all of a sudden right at the end they they drive on up to what is very clearly the hammerhead club from the pamela anderson feature film barbed wire which we watched for bad movie twins and i was like holy shit that's the hammerhead club for barbed wire (laughs) out of nowhere i just remembered this from like five years ago when i watched this film for the only time in my life uh so yeah that was all stock like all borrowed footage from barbed wire and all that you'll get to see my trivia it was used again in a later (gasps) film oh now i'm very excited for the trivia let's go yeah all right so anyways they get to the submarine they start going away. Uh, obviously, at this point, uh, Brad, Braddock's about to, or Deacon, sorry, Deacons is about to take out his dick. But then his like uh, grandson comes in, and he's like, "Well, now I'm a little confused. Who, who should take out their dick? It's weird because like we're, you're like future grandson me. We look exactly the same. You've got like a sweet eye patch, so maybe you should take out your dick. But they have a little argument here, and they're like patting each other on the back. But then the, one of the guys, the, the Spitz, is like. I don't trust this guy or something like that. I think he saw like him this, uh, start to mutate or whatever. He saw something. He saw yeah. something odd. And and so uh, Deacons is like, this guy is like a bad guy and punches the guy out. And then everyone's sitting there being like, oh man, I can't believe Spitz was a bad guy, right? Everyone was convinced. They were like, oh my God, obviously Spitz is a bad guy. Deacons son is, or grandson is like a good guy. But then Deacons out of nowhere shoots this grandson. And everyone's like, oh. And he's like, how did you know? Because you, know, you can see that he was a cyborg. He's got like green goo like spurting out of his, uh, the hole in his chest. How did you know? And he's like, look at his hand. And so when he punched, when he punched him, he peeled all that skin off his hand. And it was like a robot hand. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. yeah. This is probably yeah. a flaw. Yeah, probably a flaw. You can see that. You can see his robot hand like a Terminator. Uh, so anyways, they kill that guy. They launch. Coda is following them in the giant uh, submarine. He's being a terrible captain basically everyone's like we can't we should not shoot our torpedoes right now and coda's like them. <laughs> and then they're going around and so coda shoots off his torpedoes seeing the opportunity deacons kind of like spins around shoots off his own torpedoes four of them he explodes two of them to explode both of coda's torpedoes 
And then the, the next two go, and Coda's like, no, remember me. And then his submarine explodes. <laughs> yeah. And they, and they go through the time warp back to the present day. And everyone's like, oh, phew, thank God this movie's over. Oh, man, this explanation's really taking a long time. And it's like, no, not so fast, because there's even more explanation that needs to happen. Because now they're back in the regular time, and they are like, what are we going to do? we got to confront Braddock. And the head researcher's like, I've known this guy like my entire life. I can talk to him. Let me talk to him. Meanwhile, one of the Navy SEALs is gone, and he's got to deal with Braddock. And he's like, yo, I got this chip. I know about that cyborg technology that you just can't figure out, Braddock. I got the chip for you. And he's like, great. And so this is all happening kind of in the meantime. So when the guy, the researcher goes and meets Braddock, he's up in his office, and he's like, you can't do this, man. And Braddock's like, I got to do it, man. Get out of here. And so then he's like, I got to get And he shoots Braddock. And uh-oh, Braddock, that Braddock that he thought was Braddock is not Braddock at all. He's cyborg Braddock. And he's got like stuff shooting out of him. And Braddock's there instead. He's got a gun. I got a gun. And so he's now going to take, what are you going to do? Does he shoot him? I can't even remember what happened. They get into like, they, they go into like, a, oh, no, he just like um, grabs the gun really quickly. It's like the dumbest, dumbest uh, movie in the world. The, the one guy just grabs the gun and then they kind of get into a scuffle and it flies out of the guy's hands. And why, why doesn't he kill? Why doesn't he kill um, the researcher? He tries to. They get into like a weird little scuffle that, that doesn't really make any sense. He basically like takes him by, takes Braddock by surprise. And then they both get disarmed and then he grabs the gun and just kind of like shoots into the room and then runs away, but doesn't like yeah. kill him. Yeah, that's right. And then he, he, he's been, and, and the other guy, the researcher tries to call Fahey, who's just like chilling with his wife mm-hmm. to be like, by the way, like you, be prepared. There's people going to be after you because Braddock knows. And so the Navy SEAL who sold the chip comes along and starts attacking the house and going after Fahey and his uh, wife. And, uh, he, they go through all the, the remember they go up to the bedroom, shoot out a curse. Uh-oh, the wife dies. And everyone's like, that's the end of that. End of the timeline. Nothing's fucking working. At the same time, the researcher can, is able to corner uh, Braddock in an elevator and shoot him. So we actually see Braddock dead. Braddock is dead. Navy Steel is dead. But Deacon's wife is dead too. So the timeline's over. Things are bad. But uh, what was it? Spitz, I think, is the one who says it, where they're like, oh, man, it's so bad. Like, we can't believe it. Like, the timeline's been all screwed up. And Spitz is like, well, what are you talking about? It's like, well, his wife died. Like, Deacon's grandson won't ever be born. Like, that's bad. And Spitz is like, what? No, that's not his grandma. That's his grandma. And it's Marjorie and Fahey. And they're already basically, like, making out by the ambulance. Yeah. And then they have like a little cutscene at the end, a little like bum bum bum, when they show that that whole interrogation scene that they keep on cutting back to is happening. And he's realizing that things are, Spitz is realizing that things are going like pretty badly and he doesn't really understand why. And then we see behind the glass and oh shit, uh, Braddock is there and he's a cyborg. He's a robot. He's a robot. It's great. Oh, what? He's a robot. He's not a robot. He's not a robot. He has red eyes. He had the, his eyes robot. shine red at the end of it. He is a cyborg, Patrick. Oh, fine. Good point. He's half robot. <laughs> the end. He's at least 50% robot. Yes, at least. Yeah. And that's it. 
That's another movie. Great movie. Oh, great movie. Good movie. <laughs> great movie. Uh, so I guess ratings. Yes. Any other comments or concerns about the film before we get to ratings? Yeah. Brom, do you have any more comments or concerns? Um. Nope. Let's get into it. <laughs> cool. Let's get into it. Okay. Do you, should we should we start with Kyle? He sent me his review. Yes. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> he said, I did not want to have watched this movie in vain. Time Under Fire tries to be too many things, and none of it is working. You get elements of Snake Plissken with Deacon's grandson, Star Wars with Brian Cranston, and his skin looking like a frozen scrotum, and some kind of network cop show bullshit with flashes to an interrogation room. Perhaps the allure of the Bermuda trial, Triangle was in its prime in the 90s, but is that what people really want? <laughs> Time travel in a sub to 2077 <laughs> to see a su- nuclear war started with Iraq and man creating cyborg clones of himself. Sounds like it should be great, but wow. All in all, this movie is nearly impossible to follow and just plain sucks. This movie is not worth your, the bandwidth you used to watch it for free and deserves a solid one. Now, just to be clear, again, Kyle did not get the Amazon version where you see breasts. Yes. So he gave it a one, yeah. Mm-hmm. He'd at least give it a two for the breasts, probably. That makes sense. One would assume. Yeah. Uh, shall I go? Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, besides the fact that I was very proud of myself for being able to somehow recognize um, like multiple other movie scenes within this movie, including Biodome and Barbed Wire, both classics, obviously. Um, the movie itself is a complete like catastrophic mess. Not only like they clearly... <laughs> made a bunch of it in separate like much different like parts and then they just like stitched them all together so they initially they must have initially had this idea of like oh he was decorating the iraq war or blah 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 this has something to do with iraq um and that was all kind of like stitched together despite the fact that later on they decide okay he needs to have been in the asylum for like six years so that we can have the sex scene with this lady that we just hired etc 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 the whole thing seems like everyone like no one was around like it's just how you you make these like crap movies in the 90s like no one's around the same time you're just kind of stitching together like a shitty script etc etc um regardless like i i personally enjoyed watching this weirdo movie because it just absolutely goes off the rails by the end of it but indeed it is like not good i would give it a one but i did get the full sex scenes so i'm gonna actually i don't give it a full one like kyle because i'm not a creep i give it a a a 1.2 Point one for each breast that I saw. I saw, two of them. Nice. I saw two of them. Yeah, it's not creepy as all. Creepy at all. No, no, not creepy um, at all. <laughs> Come on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go next. Um, I also feel like this was, and just for full clarity, like I watch these types of movies quite frequently. Like the fact is, is I, I think I may have watched whatever that Dudikoff one you mentioned was, but I, I watch Dolph Lundgren and Dudikoff films pretty regularly as like background for exercising. <laughs> Uh, in the winter i'll be watching a lot of them this winter probably and uh they are mostly kind of like military and kind of uh you, you just like playing up some aspect of it that they know a certain subject a su- subset of the population is going to be interested in so like fighter jets cool uh space shuttle cool um you know a stealth fighter plane cool uh air force one cool like something that they can kind of latch on to and be like cool so i'd assume this was going to be like a regular submarine thriller almost like the judikoff ones where the main aspect of it is cool a submarine when it started going off the rails i was pretty excited (laughs) because snake plissken shows up and i was like you 
that just can't be real. This I can't even believe this is happening right now. And I was overjoyed because otherwise it could have just been a boring, like whatever film that meandered along. Instead, it got nuts, like really, really fucking crazy. And I don't know. I, I enjoy when at least it's kind of like that rather than boring. So I'm going to come in at like, oof. I never do in-betweens. I either got to do a two or two and a half. <sighs> Big decision. It's really hard. It's hard. I'm going to give it a two. Oh, good. I was, was going to actually just eviscerate you if you did 2.5, but yeah. go on. No, I'm going to do a two. The breasts. Jury's out. I got to watch that one version. Of it. Yeah. And we'll find out. That's a two, a two and a half. Yeah, you might, you might end up closer to a two and a half. In the end, yeah, impossible to impossible to say. All right, Brom, what do you think? Uh, well, what can I say, guys? Uh, I really, uh, really enjoyed the the premise of this movie. Uh, you know, we hadn't seen anything like this with uh, submarine time traveling. Yeah, what season uh, is time travel, by the way? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think we've decided that one yet. No, oh, okay. I loved how the opening credits sort of served as the exposition for the whole <laughs> whole film. Um, the Brian Cranston was uh, electric with his southern accent, uh, also something we've never encountered before. Um, there was a tastefully done um, scene uh, that tackled the the very difficult topic of of rape. I thought they no. they handled okay. that. Uh, no. admirably <laughs> mm -mm. Uh, you know, and I'm happy and I'm happy with my two go lower. <laughs> uh, no um, this movie was obviously a trash movie I think it did veer <laughs> at times into so bad it was enjoyable and, and hilarious uh, Emperor I think, you know, Palpatine certainly, certainly for this type of movie I, I, I would say that's the case yes. because I, as I said like I was just watching a Dolph Lundgren film called Patathlon where he's a spoiler alert a patathlon athlete who uh, kind of like um, jumps from the Soviet Union to the United States. And it's just most, it's usually they're just kind of boring. And the big thing is just kind of like playing up a certain aspect of it. This was not the case. This is not definitely 100% not just a submarine movie. If, if it was as well made, we just watched Fallout with Daniel Baldwin. We don't have to get into it at, at all. If it was as well made as Fallout, I would actually say this was like an, an entertaining movie. If, if the like sci-fi parts of it were as well made as they needed to be, like it would actually be like a fairly entertained off the walls movie. They just look like it just looks like garbage the entire time, and it's just a bunch it of looks stock like, footage. It, it looks like a joke. Yeah. It looks like a joke. Yeah, yeah. top to bottom, the 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 big. They mean they made huge mistakes, like you mentioned, uh, Patrick, with uh, the newspaper articles, and then mm -hmm. <laughs> then trying to explain that his wife had no idea where he was and thought he was dead. Uh, but then down even to the small details, I mean, you're supposed to be like 100 years in the future and they're running around with uh, super soakers that are spray painted black and uh, MP5s and all this stuff. And it, it just was ridiculous throughout. I, I If there was one scene that I thought kind of looked okay for the time, it was probably the escape scene uh, when they're when they're driving through the sort of Mad Max uh style you know yeah that's california or whatever that's not from from barbed wire that's from barbed wire <laughs> wait that all the all that all those scenes and stuff were 
That was barbed wire. If they're driving oh. in a car, it was all it was all a different movie. Yeah, a much a much more like, <laughs> a much bigger budget movie. Yeah, I missed that. Sorry, I was wrapping up my uh, my top five countdown for the Excellent. night. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely worthwhile. But yes, that was all barbed wire. So that just adds to the mystique and aura of the film for me. <laughs> It actually is true. <laughs> yeah, pretty much everything good about it was like from a different movie. Yeah, so like under, very like, derivative. Like you could you could imagine someone being like oh, Emperor Emperor Palpatine was from the uh, Star Wars. Right, it's just, a, just like cutting out from Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, so man, honestly, would have made it better. Given this, like a point five is totally fair. It was that bad, but from an enjoyment level, uh, it was so bad that uh, I, I could, I'm going to give it a, a two point five. Oh shit! Wow, Patrick, Patrick. You gotta do it. You, you oh. said you were gonna eviscerate me. No, I, I'm fine with Brom. I would have. I would have made fun okay. of you wow. for like <laughs> not even seeing I, the I sex could, scene. I, I mean, I'm I giving it two point five. On a production quality standpoint, it was just as bad as Stinger. Uh, but this was just way more. No, way no. more. Okay, I, guys, it's impossible. <laughs> I've seen clips Patrick, of Stinger. I think we just acknowledged the only things that looked good in this is was stuff that they pulled from other movies. So I mean, way they, better they than they Stinger. Were, You've, have you seen Stinger? Stinger didn't have this thing. No, oh, I didn't see singer? it. I didn't see it. No. No, I was asking Brom. You saw Stinger? Yes. You're forgetting. Your brain has <laughs> has let it. That's because know, Stinger didn't have it. the opportunity to steal clips from other movies. Otherwise, it would have had scenes that looked serviceable as well. The only thing in this movie that they did clearly mm-hmm. and and did well was the the makeup on Brian Cranston. Oh, sorry, Fahey and the sex <laughs> scene, obviously. Yeah, yeah Fahey's costume, mistake plus gun. Um, all right, so I think we uh, that more or less sums up our our recaps, uh, or yeah, our ratings. Um, so let's get a little trivia. This is not very extensive. I did try to delve into the Google books, see if anyone's written about this film. I had hoped that Brian Cranston has had an interview where he acknowledged this movie. Sometimes that happens. <laughs> Where they'll like some some interviewer will find it funny that they're going to ask about it, and Brian Cranston would be like, "Oh, oh yeah, okay, let me talk about this." But not the case. He hasn't. He's never talked about this, as far as I can tell, on the internet. So that's too bad. Uh, anyways, a bunch of these we already know about: underwater scenes reused from Crimson Tri- Tide. Uh, the company does that actually frequently. So we've heard that a bunch of times that these uh, the footage that they were able to obtain from Crimson Tide, which is a lot of extra stuff. Kind of basically they asked the company, hey, do you have any extra stuff you filmed uh, for Crimson Tide that we could use? And they just gave it to him. And then they, they used it in like five films or something like that. Uh, the car chase scene was reused from the Pam Anderson classic Barbed Wire. Now, this is funny. Do you know, Brom, do you know anything about Barbed Wire? Uh, it's a Pam Anderson film. Yep. And it is a remake of what classic film? Oh. Uh, Mad Max. Nope, Patrick. <laughs> it's a remake of Casablanca. Casablanca. Yeah, so it's oh. like Casablanca. It's basically the same storyline as Casablanca, set in the future with Pamela Anderson. Oh. What could go wrong? Uh, so, and Patrick, as I said, as he said, independently recognized that these are from Barbed Wire, although IMDb does have that listed under connections. Whew, thank God. You don't, you don't want IMDb to miss something like that. We'd have to go in and change it if it wasn't there. Uh Portions of the film, which mostly, from what I could tell, was the chase scene, uh, was subsequently edited into the 2000 film Nautilus, also a submarine film, put it on the board. Whoa. Yeah. So I guess they must almost have the same storyline for Nautilus because <laughs> they yeah. also have a car chase scene. Yeah. Um, so this had another name. A lot of the places that talk about it actually refer to it as Beneath the Bermuda Triangle. That mm-hmm. was the original name wow. for it. Time Under Fire is the later... Um, release name i think the video release name or something time under fire is a way better name yeah 
Yeah, but what does it really mean? It means that time that they were under Time itself is Uh, under fire. Nice. Yeah, now (laughs) I get it. So anyways, uh, this film puts time under fire, as we've been saying. It's not the only thing that's gone under fire in the history of TV and film. Mm. What stars of these other famous under fire productions would have done well here? Okay. So Tony Braxton, R&B superstar, was in a film called Faith Under Fire, which was about her faith being under fire. Tony Braxton, Tony Braxton, Marjorie. I do not recall what she looks like, uh, but uh, yeah, I guess Marjorie. I don't know the the who's who's to know what Tony Braxton looks like. Scientists contend we may never know. Uh, uh, yeah, Marjorie, why not? Is she African American? I believe so. I find this immaterial <laughs> to the discussion. Yeah, I'm really... just trying to remember who Tony Braxton is. I think I, I know still who it don't. Is. Recall. I believe she's an she's an R and B singer. I believe. Uh, how yes. about how about one of the um the Seal Team Sixes? Oh, I that like would that. Be good. Why not? I like that. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? All right. Uh, and then, okay. What about Dean Kane? Now, he was in a film also called Faith Under Fire. Different film, but also called Faith Under Fire, where his faith is under fire. I believe he's a fireman in that one. Nice. Dean Kane. Yeah. What would I know Dean Kane from? Well, he was Superman. He was also in one of our absolute <laughs> favorite top-of-the-line uh, submarine films, I'm actually forgetting the name of it. Uh, <laughs> Descent. Dark Descent. Dark Descent. Oh it was a funny God. one. Dear like pilot shit. Dear pilot shit. <laughs> Main character. That was the one also where they, yeah, they kept on. Fahey. No, not yeah. Fahey. Actually, no. How about, uh, how about uh, Kodo? No. Uh, he'd be a good guy. What about good Spitz? Guy? Okay. Yeah, Spitz. Yeah, Spitz would work. Spitz from the future? Uh, okay. What about... Dylan and Cole Sprouse. Now, they were twins. <laughs> you may know them as, as child actors. Yeah. Uh, they were in the TV show Grace Under Fire. And I know everyone's sitting there being like, Grace Under Fire? Why aren't you doing Brett Butler, the main character? You know, f- whatever. Cole and Dylan Sprouse are twins. Oh, this would be so great. They could be the Fahey's. The yeah. Yeah. Young Fahey oh, and grandson shit. Fahey. Yeah. That's good. They could actually interact <laughs> now, with each other. Now they're old enough. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. And then uh, what about uh, Denzel Washington? And let's throw in Meg Ryan Ooh. as well, because Courage Under Fire. Ooh, nice. Um, what about main Denzel? character and the wife, no. the long-lost wife, so no. they have a sex scene. No, 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 no. <laughs> Denzel, want, give want... me Denzel as Emperor Palpatine. <gasps> I love that. Oh, I love whoa. it. Whoa. You're thinking outside really the box like here. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. He'd be sweet as a senator and then the main bad guy. That'd See, I don't awesome. know, though, because if you think about Denzel... As the main character, Meg Ryan as Marjorie or the wife, but I would say Marjorie, and we could add another sex scene in there. Patrick, don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, the next one could be a pretty good Emperor Palpatine. What are we thinking about Ed Harris? Ooh. Now, he was in a movie called Under Fire. So nothing really. It's just like Under Fire, right? And that was about three journalists in a romantic love triangle. You don't want him to and be Coda? No. Who, Ed Harris? Yeah. Coda was an idiot. Ed Harris is not. <laughs> but he wouldn't be an idiot. Okay. Well, whatever. Go yeah, on. he could elevate oh, the character. Oh, so Coda wins. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yes. He destroys oh, Interesting. Brad. But go on. Make up your fake movie. <laughs> Starring Ed Harris. The three journalists in a romantic love triangle are involved in political intrigue during the last days of the corrupt Somozoa regime in Nicaragua before it falls to a popular revolution in 1979. And if that sounds real, it's because it is. He was in a movie called Under Fire. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Actually, wow. stars Gene Hackman and Nick Nolte. And it was directed by the Tomorrow Never Dies director, or more popularly, the Stopper or My Mom Will Shoot director, Roger Spottiswood. 
And it's famed, this is a famous story from it, for a blow-up between Ed Harris and Gene Hackman because our boy Ed insisted that his character's name be changed uh, from Oates to Gene Hackman. And then he insisted that Gene Hackman's character's name be changed from his character's name to Hall. So then, and then he wanted the film's title to be changed to Hall and Gene Hackman. <laughs> and then eventually they just changed it back in editing. Hmm. Didn't work out. It it's work. a real movie. It's an actual real movie, 1979, Under Fire. Well regarded, apparently. Interesting. Is, and given that cast. Is Spot as Wood a real last name? Yes, it is. I feel like that's, that's something you would never make does. Up. No, Tomorrow Never Dies director, Roger Spottiswood. So, spot his wood. <sighs> you said it, not me. That's your words. Okay. Uh, okay. A little Phantom Zone. Engage the Phantom. Phantom's engaged, sir. Now, all of these for my cycle are going to be pretty easy because he, mostly I learned for, about them from Phantom Zone. Uh, so I know, I know I can make it. I think usually I've used Cranston because he was in, uh, Godzilla, the movie that you hated, Brom. And I could just move through that. I believe there's a submarine in that we, one. We, uh, you are aware of the joke though now. Like, you know, I don't hate Godzilla, right? The newest one you hate though. I do Except not. It's King Kong. I haven't seen it. There we go. What? I see Patrick even though. <laughs> King Kong. I don't even know what movie you're talking about. Okay. Okay. I'm a Kong Island. Yeah, Kong there Skull. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I even said it wrong. Um, but there's other ones that are directly connected. I believe the first time I went through this, I went through Steel Sharks with Larry Poindexter uh, and Crash Dive, Jay Akavoni uh, are both in those. So they, there's a lot of connections to those kind of lower budget submarine films out there as well. So I guess if I had to choose, I'd go through Steel Sharks because Gary Busey and... Think about Gary Busey in the Fahey role with an eye patch, long black hair, and some earrings and shit. Yes. Okay. Think about it. Thank I'll you. take one, please. Yes, please. Think about it. All right. That's all I got. Patrick, you have no game today, is that right? Uh, I mean, we could go through. I mean, basically, the only thing I was going to say was like, we've seen now a, a multitude of films by Royal Oaks Entertainment. Um, Oaks. Yes. Uh, so Crash Dive was by them. Uh, obviously, this film, we've personally seen um, a little movie called Fallout starring Daniel Baldwin. Steel Sharks mm-hmm. is by the same company. So I was like just yeah. looking through their things, trying to figure out what season of the show we could watch the rest of the uh, the Royal Oaks Entertainment catalog. Now, there's a multitude of them. Like There's, there's a, a number of them. So just looking through like the first few, The Curse of the Komodo. So genetically engineered Komodo dragons have become ginormous creatures hunting people on a remote tropical island. A small group of scientists must stop the dragons before they escape the island and destroy the rest of the world. What season of, of submersion could we, uh, could we get that in? This is easy. We just talked about this last time. Yeah. Season 15, 15 different animals, mm-hmm. Komodo dragon. Komodo dragon. One of them. Boom. Nailed it. Easy right. breezy. Um, strategic command. Rick Harding is a former Marines officer now working in the FBI as a chemical weapons designer. Ah. And then basically, yeah, he's um, he just has to deal with uh, some armed soldiers with some chemical weapons. So there is no is there's, isn't there a plane in this one or no? It's on the poster, so it does suggest plane, right? there's a plane. Yes, I believe I've I've watched a portion of this. I believe it takes place in Air Force One, mm. which would be very easy with a. Uh, although I don't think it's the president, it may be Air Force Two. So this is tough because I would say president 
season mm. where we see f- fake presidents and we basically hail to the chief where we're doing, you know, every uh, episode is kind of the next election for the new president. And we kind of like go through their uh, life and, and how they did as president, et cetera. And we grade them as a president overall for the United States. Uh, and, uh, but I see the thing is, I believed I have to go back and look. I think this may have been Air Force Two. That's too bad. Yeah. Well, at least some sort of airplane one we could get in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have plane cast uh, on the docket. That's good. Uh, how about droid gunner? In the future, the threat of global takeover by cyborg units has forced Earth to outlaw their use. But when four f- female ooh androids are smuggled oh. to Earth, Jack Four is assigned to track them down. Wait, androids or cyborgs? Says androids. I, I Chris, did you not say cyborg earlier in the? Uh, it does say cyborg units and then female androids. Yes, this is actually true. Hmm. It's called droid gunner, so you would assume an android is the correct. Yeah, mostly air dro- androids. This, this um, might be them making that mistake that you feared so much. Yeah, uh, Jamie, oh, I feared it. That uh, they are mislabeling cyborgs a, as being entirely robotic. Do we have a robot a robot uh, season? I don't think we have a robot season yet. Although, is it, so you said, are they from outer space or no? Uh, are smuggled Earth, so presumably yes, from Mars or something. I, oh, this is easy because because we can we can let's bring in Fallout. We have a whole space season, and this this can call, nice. call it a space season. I do like that. Uh, oh, by the way, looked it up. Strategic Command, Air Force Two, Vice President. Okay, that's uh, I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's okay. Actually, I feel like he has the opportunity to become president, and maybe we can make a little exception for that guy. All right, how about this one? Inferno, yeah. 1997, starring Don Wilson, who's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Interpol oh, agent travels to India to find the terrorist who killed his partner. Now, mm-hmm. now, what, what season? We have to invent the season, I think, for this one. Say, say this one again. So, so what was the title? It's called Inferno. Mm. It's an, an Interpol agent travels to India to find the terrorist who killed his partner. I mean, one possibility, since it's Don Wilson, Don, I should say Don the Tiger Wilson. Dragon. Right? Isn't his name? Oh, sorry, the dragon. Yes. Um, it could be martial arts. Martial arts? Because we, that, that's a pretty popular co- podcast thing. How about revenge? Revenge? I mean, that's very broad. Yes. What about Interpol? Uh, I mean, you can at least watch the medallion, right? Right, exactly. There's a lot of that. I feel like there's a lot of opportunity with Interpol. And you can uh, Charlie Nash Interpol, right? So you can watch uh, Street Fighter Legend of Chun-Li. Yeah, exactly. So you get at least three episodes for that season. So that's good. Short season. Yeah. Well, no. I bet Interpol's in a whole bunch of these 90s films. Yeah, what about uh, a season working the pole and it's all about Interpol movies? Good one. A good title. I like it. I like that a lot. Uh, and then finally, I'll go with... Um, Let's go with Hijack. A prestigious senator and the passengers on board a train are kidnapped by a militia group. Oh. Mm, yep. Train was already season two. Isn't that season two? Uh, train movies, yeah, season two. What is the next one up, man? Train movies tra- Train movies are everywhere, and they're great. Is, it, is this the one with uh, Roy Schneider? No, no. That, I was trying to find it. I can't find that one. It's, it's another one yeah. they made about a train. Yeah, I was going to say, because it's definitely uh, the Roy Schneider one. I'll have to actually go back and listen to our episode because uh, season two, I don't, I don't know if we ever decided between to be not officially skate mm. movies, sports movies, train movies, Point Break movies, Geostorm, and basketball movies. <laughs> Geostorm, just Geostorm. Just I believe, Geostorm. I believe, against my wishes, we chose. We it was voted as train movies. I, I think so too. And I'm going to give you a bonus. I'm going to give you guys a bonus. This okay. this movie's called Mom. Can I keep her? 
<laughs> Timmy Blair has the usual 12-year-olds. Wait, by the way, did you, did you not mention that Last Siege stars Jeff Fahey, or did you? Uh, I did not. Jeff, Jeff Fahey and Ernie Hudson. That's amazing. <laughs> the Last Siege, Never Surrender. Oh, a.k.a. Hijack, 1998. That's awesome. Uh, this is Mom, Can I Keep Her? Uh, Timmy Blair yeah. has the usual 12-year-old share of problems. His father is too busy mm-hmm. at work. His new stepmother looks, l- loads him with chores, and school life is as difficult as ever. When a furry friend follows him home from school, Timmy is delighted. There's only one problem. His new found buddy is a 500-pound gorilla. So animals again. It could be animals. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's a better way to do it. It's animals not playing sports, right? Uh, it, it does not appear to play sports. It just appears to be a very bad gorilla costume. Mm. Is that? I wonder if it dunks a basketball, though. It may fit into sports movies or animals playing sports <laughs> movies. <laughs> If, uh, I feel like it might. De- I feel like my my gut says it dunks a basketball. No, that's very interesting. Yeah, that it, it stars yeah. Um, Reese for Malcolm in the Middle. Oh no, he was he's terrible. <laughs> he's not a good actor. No, no, no offense to Reese, but we saw him in uh, Christmas with the Cranks, and oof, that was tough. Yep, pretty rough. He basically did not. He basically stopped working after Malcolm in the Middle. That's crazy. Yeah. Anyways, that's all my that's my fake game that I just made up literally on the fly. So Very there you nice. Go. Well, I could I could literally do it all day long. <laughs> yeah, couldn't you just do it all day? <laughs> it's actually quite entertaining. All right. All right, Brom, you want to finish this guy up? Tube three, ready to fire, sir. Commence the countdown. Give it to me. Let me wrap this up here with. My top five Ashok Amritraj fun facts. Nice. So I looked. I don't I even know. I don't know much about up. him except I do, I do know one thing about him. All right, and it, I'll, I'll I'll mention it when you when you talk about it. I know you're going to talk about it. Okay. Uh, pretty interesting guy. Uh, if you read about him, he's actually having a, uh, a very successful career, uh, despite you know us kind of knowing him for a a series of bad uh, submarine movies. Uh, he started. Uh, as a tennis player, he was he uh, participated in Wimbledon. Uh, up until about 26, he retired from tennis and switched gears into uh, filmmaking. Um, and I don't think it's one of my other fun facts here. So uh, he kind of got his career launched and launched the career of one other uh, actor. Uh, pulled his headshot out of a bunch, and they worked together on a film. Does anyone know who I'm talking about? Um, was his name Michael Dudikoff? It was not Michael Dudikoff. It was Jean Claude Van Damme. Oh, oh, really? Yes, Jean Claude was a limo driver at the time, but uh, the two teamed up and created the movie Double Impact. I think it was. Mm. Mm-hmm. And... Doesn't sound right, but gone. <laughs> <laughs> Double Impact was the one where he plays his own twin. Yeah, yeah. I think I, their first movie I thought was like Kickboxer, but whatever. Double Impact seems Could. a little sophisticated to be. It, it, you're saying it's his first movie. Is that right? Uh, I'm not saying that. He, he did some work beforehand, but he, they they both credit kind of that movie got their careers. Uh, okay, that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, never mind. Uh, number four, Ashok Amritraj's uh, highest rated film, at least that I uh, was able to uncover. Uh, he was the executive producer on Boondock Saints. Whoa. Okay. Well, not Boondock Saints too, though. No, the original. Okay. Uh, Ashok is the former CEO of National Geographic Films. Hmm. 
Number two, he is the current chairman and CEO of Hyde Park Entertainment Fil- uh, Film Studio, which is, uh, I guess, a very successful alternative to uh, conventional Hollywood uh, productions. Hyde Park. Uh, what, what, do you, what kind of films do they have? Do you, do you know any of I do. Films? I have their film catalog pulled up here. A few that you might know. Uh, 99 Homes. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Don't no. know that one. Uh, Life of Crime with uh, Jennifer Aniston. Got, looks like it's got Tim Robbins in it. Uh, Isla Fisher, Will Forte. Uh, here's one called Oh Bernie with um, Jack. Oh, yeah, Weekend of Bernies. Yeah. Go. <laughs> uh, careful what you wish for. Looks like Nick Jonas in a horror movie. Don't know that one. Uh, oh, it does have. There, there are some big ones here. There are some good ones. Like Blue Valentine. Yes. Yes. So he's he's the current head of that. Is that just- he is the current CEO. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, so he's well, that's not listed on the production companies of uh, Blue Valentine, so I don't know. I'm not sure where you're getting your info about this guy, but uh, I don't think the library matches up with the actual production. They may just own the title at this point. With Blue Valentine? Yeah. I don't know. I, I heard that it was one of his highest rated films, but I actually couldn't find where he's attached to that one either. So I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. I think, I think maybe he just, maybe he's the CEO of the company that now owns like the rights to it or something. Could I, don't be. Think they, I don't think they were necessarily involved with the, um, with the production. Gotcha. Yeah. Number one, interesting little fun fact. He allowed his parents to arrange his marriage, something that they wanted to do since he was a boy. Hmm. They vetted 300 girls and their families before agreeing on, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correct, Chitra. And Ashok uh, is married to Chitra to this day and is quoted as saying that the arranged marriage worked wonderfully for him. But each society has a different take on this, he acknowledges. Hmm. But that is my top five Ashok Amritraj fun facts. They were all very so it's fun. interesting. Yeah, the interesting the, the fun fact about Jean Claude Van Damme, uh, which is it's just very similar to Dudikoff, because the story with Dudikoff was that he was like a comedy uh, actor, he, like was in Bachelor Party and stuff like that, and then he had wanted to potentially he's like just like auditioning all the time, so he's auditioning for this thing called American um, Ninja, and he goes in and basically they took one look at him like you're hired, and he's like, uh, don't you want to like know if I can do it. Like, I don't even, I don't know martial arts. Like, isn't that going to be a problem? And then the, the martial artist came in and asked him what he, if he ever played a sport. And he said, oh, I played like football in high school. And he's like, yeah, you'll be fine. And that was the end of that. They just like, <laughs> they just really liked how he looked. They were just like, yeah, he looked, he's, he's our American ninja. And well, then they just taught him how to be a martial artist. So. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, Not so dissimilar to how we became the bad movie twins too. Yes. Oh, how, uh, what's the backstory there? Oh, well, was like we were auditioning for Bad Movie Twins. That's badmovietwins.com. And uh, they took one look at us. Obviously, they were like, your twins, check. And they checked that off the checkbox. Um, and then they looked at our face uh, and they said, it's angular and uh, perfectly round. Like, it's actually just a sphere, a ball, uh, but also angular. It's <laughs> <laughs> so a very angular nose, but a perfect ball around that very angular nose. And they were like, this is perfect. This is exactly what we want out of badmovietwins.com. Yep. I remember this. This is exactly how it happened. <laughs> yeah. And the rest, as they say, was history. Mm-hmm. Bah, 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 bah. 
Thanks for listening to Submersion. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every Thursday. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating on iTunes.